What's up, humans? Welcome to episode 36 of the Human Music Podcast, Unk Talks Collaboration. That's right, Unk is back. You may have heard him back on episode 8. Well, he's back again, and today he's talking all about his collabs, the biggest ones, the newest ones, what to avoid and what not to avoid to make sure your collabs run smoothly. Before we get into that, Big thanks to our sponsors. First up, the producer Dojo, who's reminding you that it is time to remix your life. Do you want your 2021 to be better than your 2020, especially as a musician? Of course you do. So make sure you go to Producer Dojo and sign up to remix your life today. They've got the Producer Dojo membership, which gives you access to all of the great weekly download content. Plus, you get a monthly lesson with a sensei who is going to help you stay on track with your goals and make sure your learning is accelerated as fast as it can be. Next, want to shout out Gangaroo Music Distribution. They got unlimited distro for under $10. So make sure you hop over to Gangaroo, brought to you by the good people at Bounce Gang. That's G-V-N-G-A-R-O-O, Gangaroo. Finally, if you're serious about learning the high-level mixing and mastering skills that you need to make your music sound as good as it possibly can going out into the world, sign up for The Approach with Seth Drake. His advanced course will teach you everything you didn't even know you didn't know about mixing audio. All right, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Unk. Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. Unk's back, everybody! <laughs> My guy, Alex. Fuck you too. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> Thanks for Hello, coming man. back, man. You're our yeah. first repeat guest. That's pretty cool. I was, I was just like, uh, I was like, oh, I want to do something. I don't want what I want to do. And I was like, I want to go do the podcast again. So I hit oh, you guys back man. up. Hell yeah! Yeah, it's good to catch up with you. It's been a while. Super happy to have you back, man. We were just uh, off with uh, with something we talked about last time you were on, which is the porta potty test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Room here, you have a pseudo porta potty that is the closet behind you. In my old apartment, I had two closets. One of them was subbier than the other. I can't explain why. Uh, and I would literally play the track and go sit down in the closet, and it would be like just only sub that I could hear. But it gave me a good. It wasn't like, is it at the right level? But it would like the kick and sub relationship was very audible. So, so I got a question for you then. When you're producing, because when I was at Dylan's place, mm. most of the time when we were working on stuff, the sub was like almost inaudible. It was like, you know, very quiet unless we turned it up. Do you guys produce with your sub audible or no? I don't so have much. a sub. Okay. I have Rocket 8s that have sub kind of but not like they don't like in my listening position i have basically no sub okay when i want to reference sub i just grab my sub pack honestly okay yeah uh, i uh i have a sub it's really big it's right right there next to me 
and I cannot remember the last time I plugged the fucker in. I I find I used to like love producing with the sub on and thinking, yeah, I'm really hearing it. And I've realized that it just made my ears really tired and I would make progressively worse mixed decisions as the night went on. Uh, so now I, I'm much more, much more apt to like kind of keep that shit pretty low while I'm doing most of my decisions every once in a while, I'll just like crank it up and throw it on my six inch speakers and be like, yeah, the subs are there. Right. Let me reference really quick. Okay, cool. Let me turn it back down. I actually leave the sub until like literally very last like the yeah. whole, everything is written and i have all the mid bases with no sub at all because i found that like sometimes you can trick yourself into feeling like there's a better like sense of groove or there's like a better uh impact than yeah. there really is and like also the sub like I know myself, like if I was just going to throw a sub in there to be like, okay, under what's already happening, like I probably wouldn't go back to it and make it super dialed, but I want to like make sure that when I get to the sub thing, like mm -hmm. I have to spend half an hour or whatever, like actually getting the sub to sound good and just the kick snare sub, like have some sort of rhythm that is more than just bah, bah, Really? So you don't do any sub until the end? Yeah, correct. Wow. I, I feel say, like, yeah, it would be ahead. like kind of, kind of like underwhelming. I know that's kind of the point, but like. I know, but like, you know, that girl you really like and you're like saving it until like the time is right. Uh, saving it for Jesus. You don't want to go all the way. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Save your subs for Jesus. <laughs> Saving it for the porta potty. <laughs> Not for you, bro. It's, it's for the fact that you don't want to screw things up with that girl that you really like. You want to take it slow. And you know if you put the sub in too soon, you might get you might get feelings or she might back off. You want to make sure that everything else is right before you put the sub in. You and don't have to put, put the whole sub in. in. And that shit is cracking and y'all are off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sub can be a, a fix to something that's not right. I don't know about you guys. I have a 10 sub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think mine's a 12 over here. You know, no yeah. big deal. You get away with just the tip and... and, and <laughs> like you got that whole sub in there so i i feel what you're saying on the not producing with the sub because like i've gone and tried to do that for a while or turn it like way down so you barely hear it but no matter what i do like i always find myself coming back and using it you said you have like very little sub in your listening position i like if i turn i i have a sub at my listening position but if I'm working on the mix, sometimes I'll turn it down to make sure everything else is cool. Cause otherwise you get like that, like kind of muddy buildup and you can't hear what's going on. But when I'm producing sub is on, I've just started producing for shorter periods of time with like longer breaks in between. It's like the 12 hours. Normally when I do that, I wake up and then I'm like, this is trash. And then I just like start on something else. How was the process as you guys were finishing Trapezoid? Like, how did you actually go and like tidy that up towards the end? So, uh, I think the day after you left Evan, whatever that like last day was, we basically just like, I don't know, kept playing the song, listening for, you know, pops, clicks, see how it sounded. 
And Dylan, honestly, because we were in his studio, probably had a better frame of reference for what it should sound like in there. But like, it wasn't very hard. That song, if you like pay attention to it, A, there's almost only ever one bass going at, yes. at the same time. And then it's just like a ton of percussion and lots of checkered fills of sounds like it was actually really easy to mix the only thing that we really had to work on a lot i think was like you know making sure that vocals came through where they were supposed to but dylan's pretty good at uh we write very differently i'm just like fucking i like these five sounds i'm putting them all in at the same time and then i try and like tetris them together he is more like okay we could do what you want to do right now but we should not because we'll make it easier for ourselves later. Yeah, I literally, I'm the same way as you. And I was going to yeah. say, I don't ever remember <laughs> that mix not sounding right. Like, I remember, like, pretty... We self-mastered that. We literally did it in one day. It was pretty, like, straightforward. Like, yeah, like you said, it was, like, normally one thing. Honestly, that's, like, the biggest tip that I can give anyone that I also can't follow myself. Yeah. Don't make issues for yourself. Because the shit that takes forever is the stuff that you know when you're doing it. Like, oh, I'm going to do this anyways. And I don't yeah. <laughs> That's the shit that you're going to spend a whole day on later. Literally, I just did that this morning. I literally had in this track that I'm trying to finish so I can fucking get it to distribution Sunday. Uh, there's there's two bases. One is like a very electronic, like, like it's not like growly, but it's like synth wobbly. And then there's like another one that's like, synth wobbly but like with a guitar amp on it and it's like very like crackly and like the like each one by itself is like eh. but like the two of them together are like oh and i knew for a fact when i did this like when i was making this song that i was gonna make an issue for myself i literally i was literally sitting there like i shouldn't i shouldn't go down the road of doing both of these I'm going to make such a giant amount of work to make them sound good together. You just, you just, you just reminded me the hardest thing for us to mix in Trapezoid was actually that pretty cool bass that you had made. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it sounded cool, but we initially we were like, okay, we just finished our mix and self master. Let's see if we can get like an actual engineer to make it sound better. I think we tried two different people and you know, nothing against them, but we were just like, no, nah, it sounds better how we did it we're just gonna release it that way but that sound you're like that kind of like phasey top like bobbler oh, yeah. call it. yeah like the response it whenever people master it i don't know if it was getting over compressed or what but it just like wasn't doing it well i'm glad that i'm not the only one that thinks i over distort everything that i do oh, so do i yeah <laughs> like i mean slap I soothe on it call it a day <laughs> oh, finally got soothed man what the oh, hell welcome. was i waiting for i was killing myself to put out this uh to try and finish this trapsmith the trap bdp these bells like just had so many weird overtones and mm -hmm. harmonics and shit in them and then after like 10 mixes over a weekend i bought soothe on cyber monday and was like oh the ep's done yeah. Right, man. Uh, everybody I've talked to, myself included, their reaction to Soothe is, why the fuck did I not get this like six months earlier? You just hold off on it because you're like, ah, I, I could EQ it. Yeah, I'll die multi-band. Nah. I don't know about yes. you guys. I'm a, 
I consider myself a lazy producer. As soon as Dylan showed me Soothe, I was like, I'm getting that right now. <laughs> I, think every, I think everyone is a lazy producer to some yeah. extent, right? Like, if you wanted to, like, if every move that you did was like, absolutely to the T perfect, you never fucking finish anything. Like, the reason we're lazy about some stuff in my head, how I justify it to myself is like, you can't you can't be stickler about everything or else you're never yeah. gonna get anything done. So you know, like I'm gonna do this the quick and dirty way. I might come back to it later. I normally don't. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like you know, you know the trade-off that you're making when you're doing it. I actually for the first time oversoothed as part of this mixed bastardization I was doing today. I literally got to the point where I was like, God damn, these things don't have the, the they don't have there's plenty of grit but there's no presence it feels like yeah. it's kind of like garbled words and it's not like it's not biting even though there's clearly frequency content to bite and so i had to like completely delete the soothes that i had start from scratch go a little soothes. using multiple soothes two channels okay <laughs> one had a soothe okay i just gone overboard on i actually have done that before but different settings. three soothes like, five ott's the one <laughs> so in, the, in the case where i did use two there was one that like had a very resonant like filtery motion in parallel in the low mid so like 200 to 400 would have some like weird spiky resonances and then your classic like two to five k Mm-hmm. was an issue so i had two doing two separate things but that, besides, that makes sense you can over soothe because i literally got to the point where i was like i i literally took the life out of both of these i was gonna say that is my biggest problem with soothe is half the time when i put it on i'm like no i like it the other way but i mean it always cleans up stuff but sometimes i feel like maybe it takes out too much or something that's other i just i'm very aware of that whenever i'm using it I yeah. definitely, I, I've, I've yeah, tried to put, put myself. I'll put it on a base and it's just like, nah. Yeah. I'm going to go back to what I had. Yeah, one, one really cool thing. And then, and then if Sorry. you it with the EQ, then, then soothe it. But Sorry, Evan, you got muted again. We all like take precedence <laughs> over you for some reason. For whatever reason, the Silky Smooth Sure SM7B is just kind of like a, quiet guy you know if someone steps on him he'll say suri and like let him (laughs) what they were saying um but but basically i've tried to tell myself that you need to eq like try and just like eq out like a resonance and if that doesn't fix it if it's like too dynamic to eq with one like peak then put soothe on it because if you put soothe on something you're getting like a wide spectrum of shit that's getting taken out and sometimes like yeah like you said like it can ruin the aggressiveness of the sound Um, speaking of aggressive sounds being that is your calling card well everyone just they're like you make aggressive music i'm like i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) what do you feel like you make what do you mean i Uh, guess do you listen like don't get me wrong i know that some of it like for sure some of it is aggressive but like i usually don't like sit down and go like i'm gonna make the most aggressive song ever it's just like by trying to like make drops or like the switch ups or whatever like sound big it just ends up coming out aggressive i've been trying to use less aggressive sounds and like 
articulate things more because <laughs> sometimes there's this one plugin okay called Faturator. It's a saturator. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever used it. Yes, has a very specific sound. My song coming out in February. I don't even remember what I used to make the bass. Just take Faturator, throw it on, and then all of a sudden it's like angry monster sound. <laughs> yeah, I mean you gotta dial it in or whatever, but yeah. Man, I really like the algorithm or whatever they use on it because it's kind of like a combination of saturator with like erosion in the way that it gives you like that staticky sort of like it's staticky, but it's not. Um, I want to say nonsensical, but it's not the word I'm looking for. It's not like it, it sounds like tonal and nice with the sound you're adding it. It's not just like white noise, but it like yeah. fills it out a lot. It's really easy to overdo it, though. I'm constantly yeah. having to, like, dial it back. A cool thing. No, you just uh, slap Soothe on after. <laughs> I don't even cool. think Soothe can help what <laughs> I do. It just sounds with that thing. Uh, in January, I have a collab coming out. And in the second drop, I took the sub from the first drop, threw Faturator on it, like, cranked, and then low-passed it. And the it's, like, the wildest sub I've heard. It sounds like... A, Sounds like very compressed and like the volume is never changing. It's just like a solid meat, like straight across. It's really cool. Sick. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask. Um, so you said you and Dylan work very differently. And, and one thing you brought up was like layering sounds versus checkerboarding. Like you guys are sort of biased to opposite ends of the spectrum. But was there anything like that you picked up from working with him that you're just like, oh, wow, I never thought to do that. Or like, I'm going to try and implement this more because I haven't been doing that enough. Oh, yeah. Just like the way, like the easiest uh, way to explain it. There's a couple things. One, he calls me like, I forget what he said. It's like the fill guy or something. He's just always making fun of me because, you know, we'll write a whole section. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like how these like fills progress though. And he's like, they sound fine. And I'm like, no, we, we got to dial them in. And he, he thinks I'm crazy sometimes. Uh, as far as layering sounds, I, I also still checkerboard stuff. But while I'm writing, like Evan said, I'll just like write something that sounds like, let's say I'm writing a drop, I'll throw some vocals in there and I'm like, that sounds like shit, but I like the rhythm of it. And I don't know how I'm going to like fit the vocals in there, but I'm leaving them because I like how it sounds. Dylan, I think, you know, I'm not speaking for him, but he would try that and be like, no, nah, dude, we're never going to be able to mix that together. I just like do it and then try and fix it later. Sometimes I have to remove stuff and go back. Uh, but also, I'm trying to think of like all the stuff I learned from him while I was in LA. Uh, you are way less likely to try and throw in a whole bunch of different shit at the same time if you are making every sound from scratch. Not that you have to, but like, you know, if you are making every single sound yourself and not uh, processing samples or subs or whatever, it's like way easier to build the sounds filling up the part of the spectrum you want versus like trying to combine a couple things and like match things that might not mm. uh, go together. Uh, just, I don't know the way, you know, you take some, you put uh, redux on it and now you have like that kind of like crunchy top or whatever with some OTT afterwards, like the way I do it and the way he does it are similar, but like his just sounds more refined and cleaner. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
That's about it. He, he so loves, are you, Yeah. He he loves uh uh recording like he'll write the drums or whatever or uh, it doesn't matter who does it but then he'll go back over again and play it with like a rack on it and then with some midi controller automate all sorts of different shit across that whole section then we'll chop out the bits we like put them in there i i like almost never am sitting here with a midi controller automating stuff real time and then reusing it i usually am sitting there with like a mouse and like drawing shit I wish, like, I wish I could do what he does, but he just knows, like, yeah, this knob is gonna fucking work great here, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, All right, whatever. Are you talking On about that, that uh, trippy? Are you talking about that trippy MIDI controller he has, where like the yeah, you can like slide like, your fingers. Yeah, it's the like fader. It's Vader. got like five faders on each side, and they're actually like exactly where each of your fingers are proportionally, yeah. so you can just go like this and move all five. Yeah, yeah that's that sick. And, it, and then it's got five buttons arcade buttons like in right under that in that same pattern yeah i I wish i remember what that thing was called he said there's like not that many of those in the world yo uh real quick just while we're on the topic still um you mentioned me off tesco but i have something (laughs) go for it my bad it should be called the darth fader yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's called a trigger finger or something like that it's like a a custom trigger finger yeah yeah Yeah. all right Continue. I was just going to ask, um, what is the proper way then to Redux to get that clean sound? Is it what you said where you layer it in OTT after? Or like, what did you find was cleaner about that method? I mean, it depends on whether or not you want the Redux applied to the sub or just like the top part, I guess. Like you can like saturate the sub so you have some harmonics. Then you throw a redux on, but you only want the redux like operating on the top part of the spectrum. The OTT is just to bring out more of the like top redux. I'd say just like when I do it, it sounds like I don't know how to explain this. It's like he is like a fine art painter, and I am like a caveman with like a club. <laughs> That's, that, that, that's how I describe it. Caveman club. We're, sure. yeah. you, we're, we're, we're in the club. Oh, speak, speaking of cavemen, I, I don't remember when I thought about this. Sometime in the last few weeks. I like, this sounds so dumb, but I just like realized what my artist name is. It's Unk. And like, I don't say it out loud very often, right? And whenever I say Unk, all I can picture is like a bunch of cavemen and women like you know, clubs up in the air and they're just like, chant. They're, they're not even saying a word. They're just like grunting. They're like, oh, go, go. Dude, that's a know. music video right there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, I've, I've been thinking about it. I want to do that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I will volunteer yeah, go for it, Luke. to be one of your cavemen in that video. I think sure. I've got the look, man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, I wanted to talk about the last track you put out with uh, Mayor Apeshit a few yeah. months back. How was the process for that? And, um, you know, we could lead that into sort of what's coming up. But, like, how, how did that track come about? And how does that differ from the direction you've been moving in lately? Okay, so first things first, that is one of my worst produced on a technical level tracks that is specifically the one where i was fighting with the vocals and the bass and i had like talked to like three or four different people and i was like give me ideas uh 
it's still I still like it. It's a good song, but I broke like every rule I could think of in that song. The sub rides like a low B. It's only it, you can only play that song on like really good speakers. Uh, bass is harsh and vocals are fighting. But as far as working with him, uh, Dylan introduced me to him. Was like, "Yo, Unks music is good. If you like it, Mayor Apeshit loves my stuff. He's a super nice guy. I've talked to him for hours on the phone now. Uh, he actually." wanted to use the vocals in a totally different song. It's an older song of mine. I think it came out right after that power. It's almost like two years old, that overpowered song. Uh, but like I put him in there and I was like, dude, this song is so old and I'm like kind of over that song already and I don't want to re-release it. So let me just write something new. And I don't remember exactly how it came together, but uh, he asked for BPM. I told him BPM. We talked a little bit about like the theme of the vocals, but I was like, dude, you do your thing. But like, you know, he asked me like, give me like 10 words that you kind of want this to be about. And we had, I think this was like, I don't even remember what month this was, but I was just like, I don't like the government. I don't like authority. I don't like Twitter. <laughs> and then we just, you know, we just kind of went in on it. And the track started literally with that like bass riff that like warm, 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 warm. And I was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing here. Some people might say that, uh, you know, I should have varied the bass some. That song is just supposed to be like relentless from beginning to end, just like that rolling. Uh, I used some MP3 samples in that song, which traditionally you're not supposed to do. They were just like all sorts of things but I didn't want to change anything. So we got it as good as we could and we released it. Uh, there may be oh, yeah. another Mayor Apeshit thing sometime in the future. You know, Second. no official date, but uh, we're definitely going to work on something else. Hell yeah, man. Um, That's what's up. That's what's up, yeah. man. It's, it's funny. We've been talking about all this. Um, we've been talking about a bunch of your collabs and for real, we had to have you back on. I'm glad you reached out because you're I'll our only book. guest that we actually have a list of user or of, or of listener questions for okay, like we've got, call. we've got a list. Like, so the top on the list is from Gus class. He's asking, what is your workflow like when you're collabing with people? And obviously yeah. it's different with different people, but I'd love just to hear, you know, we've kind of talked about like finishing the tracks or what was on your end, but what's it like when you're working with these different people? Okay, so every collab is different, uh, but there are some like uh, common themes, I guess. Uh, first things first, for anybody who's about to send me a message and be like, yo, collab, bro, here's why you should not. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to the music I release, and I love to touch things last and have final say. So if you don't like that, probably don't want to work with me. You know, I make... Uh, is concessions the right word? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I make concessions like all the time, but you know, I like having it how I like it and it is what it is. As far as process goes, I've done everything from, uh, somebody just had like lots of creative input and I was sending them lots of versions or saying like, do you like this? Do you like that? Uh, but I was doing most of the physical, like you know, pressing buttons and sitting at the computer. Like I've done collabs where like, even Evan, when you were there, like we were all kind of taking turns, yeah, you know, one person is driving. 
15 minutes. I'm, for the most part, I'm in those scenarios, I'm usually driving. The one with Dylan was not as much that because it's fucking Dylan and he's better than all of us. And it's um, his studio, yo, made yeah, it. So it's like he's at home. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's and he's on a Mac and the refresh rate of the monitors. And I'm just like, I'm like handicapped right now. Um, <laughs> no, like straight up. I, yeah, I, if I'm not at my station, I'm way slower. Uh, Amen. A lot of, like, if I could tell you how I wanted to do every collab, I would prefer that people sent me either some semblance of an idea, like a general intro or like something vocal that I could be like, yeah, I like what that sounds like, or just like a bunch of their type of sounds, specifically basses. Like for me, when I think about a collab, I'm like, okay, I want to make this sound like both of us. Uh, and in order to do that, the easiest way is usually for each of us to kind of like include some of our sounds or our like rhythms or whatever. Uh, like the Ravens Coon collab, good friends with Paul. He had initially sent me like, you know, kind of, um, pretty, almost like a done intro, you know, not mixed or anything, but like, you know, most of the sounds were kind of like where they were. Uh, for whatever reason, the intro is like 18 bars. And I was like, I fucking hate you. And I had to like <laughs> fix it. Right. He's like, yeah, when I'm writing intros, I don't really think too much. And I'm like, all right, just never do this again. <laughs> uh, he sent that like respace he had built for the first drop. Uh, but like the sequencing probably stopped after like, I don't know, six bars. So I pretty much changed the intro to fit 16 bars, moved kind of where some stuff was. And then like, like the way it like falls into the drop, that was different. And then I wrote like a whole, like I, I in one session, I like wrote out the whole thing, sent it to him. Uh, then he was like, all right, hey, let's change like this or, you know, I don't like how this sounds or this part's cool. And then like, we probably went through a couple more versions changing stuff. And then I think, I let him have the final touch on, I think he like changed a sub rhythm in the first drop. And then uh, the one thing that he got me to, uh, cons uh, you know, change or whatever for him, which is good actually, now that I think about it, because half of my music, not half, but like a, my song coming out uh, on December 18th, is fucking impossible to mix into without like very special ways of doing things. And Paul was like, yo, we should have this be simple in the intro. And then the outro, I had something totally different. And he's like, no, dude, I don't care if it's not like as exciting, but it has to be easy to mix out of. And I'm like, thank you for doing that. Otherwise uh, I'm actively focusing on making my stuff easier to mix Cause it's so annoying when you want to play like your four new songs and you're like, well, this one has to be the first song. Otherwise I have no idea how I'm going to mix into it. So um, for people that are listening, mm -hmm. what are some ways you go about making it easier to mix? Like uh, obviously an easy one is like taking out some parts, but like, how do you go about it? Uh, easiest way is probably first 16 bars, atonal and like swishy, swashy, white, noisy kind of stuff, you know, no drums or very simple drums that like you know will fit in that same bpm uh 
I have a really bad tendency to when I'm writing hi-hats be like, they need to be more complex and probably don't want that for your intro. Uh, at, you know, if you're doing a 32 bar intro at the 16 bar mark, if you've been mixing for a little while and you're like, all right, I need to be mixed into this next song at 16 bars. If you're mixing out of like a heavy song that has a lot of drums in a sub or something, if you don't have like a sub hit on the 16th bar or like some splash noise or something kind of sounds weird. Uh, mostly just take out drums in the intro, or if you have drums, like keep them pretty minimal and make sure like the drum patterns fit in that BPM. Like you could have simple drums that are going to collide. Like if you write a 174 halftime song with some weird drum rhythm and try and mix it in a drum and bass, it's going to sound terrible. So that's what, and then same with outros. Outros like keep some steady rhythm going or just have like a really long washed out something I personally like having <clears throat> vocals in the outro, whatever I was using for like towards the end of the song, I kind of like having them trail off because when you're mixing, it's kind of cool. Sometimes like the two songs combine uh, screams are great for outros, like long screams. Uh, I forget which song I think it's actually trenches trenches into uh, the dirty phonics crystal method play for real collab i think that's what it's called it like fits so at the end of trenches you hear like a scream and that scream like goes into another scream in the other song so it mixes together like super cool uh what i'm going to start doing though as far as keeping it uh easier i'm literally going to self-master my song try and mix it into my other music and if it doesn't work i'm just changing it <laughs> But sometimes it's annoying because you can write a super sick intro that is terrible for mixing, and that's what I've been doing like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to strike that balance between like catching someone's attention right off the bat and like making it mixable. Uh, longer intros are usually better for mixing. A lot of people nowadays make you know two minute thirty to three thirty songs, which are cool, and I do a lot of that too. But I think I'm going to start writing like a little bit longer music. Everyone has like weird attention spans nowadays, but I personally like longer music. Not like super long, but like three drops in a song where you can mix in at every breakdown or the intro are great. You don't have to play all three drops. And you could just play like intro to first drop. And if you're on like Ableton or have a cue point, you can just totally cut out the second drop and go to you know, the mm. breakdown three or drop three. Yeah. How was, uh, how was that on Crip Kenny collab? You guys said you worked on some stuff. Oh dude. Uh, everyone's going to kill me. Um, no, I worked on it for like four days straight. I think when I was in LA and we have like, you know, I think like two pretty good versions. Uh, and then like, I don't know, just got caught up in other music and, responsibilities and then i told him like three weeks ago because i was all excited to finish it i was like all right we're gonna like i'm just gonna do more and then we'll be done i haven't fucking opened it but it's happening and it's a really good song I, yeah how was how was working together is there anything you guys like picked up from each other workflow wise I like his sound design a lot and like the theme of the song was cool i don't even remember what you had sent me initially I think it was like, you know, it was like a, a done song that wasn't done. 
You know what I mean? It like it was like two drops, and both were just like so heavy. Yeah. And and you took the heavier one and made that the first drop, yeah. and then you made two more drops that are both heavier than the first one. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, that's usually how I write. I don't know why, but if you write three drops in a song, the third one's always going to be the best. Oh like it like makes sense. So what you do is you do that, you delete the other ones. And then you start from there. I don't know why, but the last 16 bars before the outro, I usually admit like to make like the craziest. And that, I don't know why I can't think of that drop initially. Like whenever I write a first drop, I'm like, this is way too horizontal. It's not a drop. And then when you get to the good one, then you start over. There was some contention about, not contention, but like, you know, he didn't like some vocals I added, which is legit. They kind of aren't part of the theme of the song. They're like really hype, like female trap vocals or something that I added because I was baked in, in the moment. They sounded amazing, but they're not quite on theme. So there's not much left to do. It's just like some choices, some arranging. And the last time I tried to work on this, Evan, yeah. remember that like drum and bass thing we had going towards then? We ditched. Yeah, well, I had like rewritten the song again using that as the first drop because it like sounded better dropping from the intro. Going off the rails, bro. Yeah, I know. At this point, we just have a bunch of ideas that we need to decide. <laughs> Dude, send, send it over though. I want to hear it. I mean, honestly, the thing is, like, we're so close. We've we've had yeah. We've probably sent it back and forth five, five times. Yeah. times. I think we've each touched it three or four times. Um, but literally it is like that. Like the third drop is like, literally like if you like, like it kind of makes my brain like twitch a little bit. It's, it's that, it's that heavy. Um, it's, it is really close. Like, I think it's really just that like middle, that middle drop that we need to figure out. Um, yeah, it's one of those things like, you know, you get to a point where you got a little stuck on something and then like the the dopamine hit of working on that song has left because yeah yeah because now it's hard and like you've heard it enough times that you're that you're not like oh this is so sick like yeah. even though it still is a great song i haven't i actually haven't listened to that song in like months uh but like after you don't listen to it for a while actually dude send it back over i'll fucking i'll crack at that middle drop i know you like last touch but like no, no, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. The hair, I don't, I don't mean to be doing this during this like podcast, this is, this but is, this is real. This is the process. Even though those trappy female vocals aren't quite on theme, I still think they sound good. <laughs> but I'll send it back over. <laughs> this is, this is it. Though. This is the workflow on collabs. It's the yeah. compromises, no, no, dude, it's I, the discussions, and you gotta, you know, you gotta like go out like, well, this is why I like this idea, and maybe if I explain why I like it, you'll like it too. It, here, here is at the base of it. Every single song I think that I've put out so far, I have, I have written chill songs that are like more vibey, or whatever. But when I'm writing music, I am literally thinking of myself in a crowd with some million dollar PK system in front of me. And I'm like, does this make me want to go ham? Yes or no? And if it doesn't, then I'm like, I need to add like hype things. Either they're like alarm sounds or like, you know, wee, wee, or like some pitchy thing. 
or like pitched up vocals or you know, just vo- vocals in general, I think kind of like adds hype if you do them right. You know, hi hats, uh, any anything high end, any kind of like exciter thing. Like there can be chill spots in songs, but like when the drop happens, I just think of like every time I was at a show live, like I dance pretty much the whole time, but like sometimes, you know, you're tired, you're just bobbing your head or whatever. But the times I was the happiest where was like when there was just too much shit going on and like I wasn't even in the room anymore and was just like grabbing the railing in the stands on the floor or whatever, grab your buddy and just like shake each other. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's 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 think of it this way. So the issue the issue with those vocals is that already like the the three drops by themselves, like the basses are so fucking ridiculous that there's yeah. literally no room for anything else. And even like the more whispery vocal chop that I tried to do was still too much. I think what we should do instead then is actually because drop one, two, and three right now all have ridiculous distorted basses. Why don't we like back down the bases like a notch in the middle drop? And then like maybe we could fit maybe not those vocals, but a vocal in the middle drop that fits the that fits the theme potentially. Uh I'll I'll open it back up and try and and try and something with that. I I got you. We'll move on from this. I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh do you care if I say the content of the vocals? Are we trying to keep this a secret or anything? Oh, okay. Okay. Like I, I would literally play it on the podcast right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> and we can. I don't mind at all. Right, if you let's, want do to do it. It. let's see. All right. All right. All right. All right. Basically, I, the I vocals are enough. saying they're saying uh, like we don't sleep, we don't sleep. It's like a female voice, and it's like crazy chop, and it's like we don't, we don't, we don't sleep, and it's like I don't know. You're partying. You're with your friends. You're fucked up. And you're like, yeah, we're all crazy. We should be going to sleep because we have work in the morning, but we don't sleep. And then it's just like the heaviest fucking shit ever. Uh, I don't know which version uh, is the one with the vocals. I think I have it on SoundCloud. Do you want me to? I have I have it pulled up in here, but I, I have the one that doesn't have the vocals. So let's Wait. let's maybe play it without the vocals first, and then you play the one with. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. This is perfect because we'll get we'll get we'll get the entire podcast. Yeah, people people can vote. Yeah. Here you go, Gus. This is as real as it gets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You want to know how collabs go? Here, here we go. They're shit shows, but we love them. Yeah. (laughs) Remind me to tell you the other things that are positive and then negative about collabs. After we're office. Right. Yes, sir. Did I share computer sound? We will see. <laughs> Maybe down just a notch. I don't have a volume control on my phone. Let me play it in iTunes then. Oh, man. Yeah, you know this is going to be way too banging for Zoom. Oh, my God. It's going to be so banging. It's not going to be at all. <laughs> Throw it in iTunes, share computer sound, sick.
can do it. You have now reached your destination. that metal yeah, I, breakdown-esque drop I forget, I forgot how good this song is dude that shit's <laughs> insane yeah yeah that first breakdown was heavier than most people's whole drop yeah <laughs> dude i know right i forgot how fucking heavy literally. i was like when does yeah. the breakdown start oh shit that was it yeah. dude i can i just say i love how fuck you the kick is dude yeah. literally it was yeah. putting a redux on the kick and then literally putting that in parallel with the kick that actually still had some sub. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a hard style kick almost. It is, dude. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. I'm looking at this upload date to SoundCloud. It says six months ago. Feels bad, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How it goes sometimes though. Sometimes you got to give it a break and come let it marinate all right can you look at my desktop i've been finishing songs from 2017 this year fuck it (laughs) my mixes are better now (laughs) can you guys uh can you guys see this yes sir all right uh let me know volume wise what i should do i think that's that's probably that'll probably be good Uh, you know what? We could probably get it to full SoundCloud volume. I don't even know which version this is. 
so we're just gonna play it. Yeah, so uh, I just remember something about those vocals in the middle. Uh, as they are right now was like my first, I think, shot at sequencing them. But hearing them again, I remember that like, yeah, they just need cleaning up. It's just like it's too much the whole time. But now you guys can kind of see what we're talking about, where it's just like, oh, all of a sudden that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man, like it definitely feels like you. But I don't know that those vocals feel as much like that song, at least in that version. Like just yeah. because like the there it's such a departure from the first drop and the third drop. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree, and we're probably not going to end up using them. Yeah. I, I, think you should, I think you should still use them because you clearly okay. like them. And they like compared to some of the songs that I've heard of yours in the past, like mm-hmm. it really fits your theme of like having that chop vocal on top of the bass drop. Yeah. And and I think it, it works as a concept, but just in the context of the other two drops. I want to figure out a way you guys. I don't think we had the drum and bass drop in your version and I'm like, uh, we can't have four drops, but like, I want to use parts Says of that. Who? But your third drop is, I like it's, it's heavier. That's, that's the drum and bass drop was what I was trying to use as the first drop. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Do, do you, do you understand how many sounds we left on the cutting floor for this song? Oh, Anyways, oh yeah. Just fucking start a new one with the drum and bass drop. <laughs> And then we'll just you do guys could make I know. A one we could do an e- literally, we could do an EP literally <laughs> the, amount, the amount of sounds that are in this project this sound this project takes up fucking nine gigabytes on my yeah. computer because there are so many resamples in there that we just fucking keep chopping until we have the ones that we like um bro what if that vocal sample honestly it's just it pierces the veil of like the ethereal like otherworldly like hello and then you have now reached your destination it's like like what the like it's so mind-bending and then like the we don't sleep is like a party tune vocal yeah like it just kind of pierces the veil for me that's my opinion no i yeah. i agree i agree with you i just want to say one thing those vocals yeah. are the destination but let's, <laughs> let's just keep going we're not gonna, we're not going to use them we're not going to use them yo you could totally do the dnb oh. middle drop yeah. and heavy metal break that. down the the end Mm. Yeah, I think that DMB would be a sick drop too, because I really like how that drop one comes off in both those versions. You know, yeah. the boom, 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 boom. That shit's oh, fucking shit, crazy. Oh shit, bro! What if you got some screamed vocals for the metal breakdown doing the "We Don't Sleep"? That'd be cool. That'd be super cool. By the way, oh, I forgot. What is this? One sixty or one sixty-five? It because was so originally. It was one sixty, and then the third drop sped up to one sixty-five at oh, yeah. base, <laughs> and then, and then we back and forth thought, dude. I literally, it was so funny because okay, this is literally everyone is just getting privy to all of the in and outs of collabing because this is classic. Literally, I was like, I think I'm gonna. I'm just in a weird mood today. I'm going to try and do a drum and bass thing for the third drop. And you're like, ah, I don't know. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think it's going to be good either, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I sent it to you and I was like, I don't know. What do you think? And then like, you were like, ah, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. And then we just kept going back and forth on like, wait, should we use it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's tight as fuck. I think, I think it's cool. Cause even without the drum and bass drop, the like kick drum pattern in this song is like not at all what I ever use. It's like really fast, even in the first drop. This sounds awesome. The kick pattern is basically dictated by the bass rhythm. Yeah. Yep. Um, which just is, a lot which, of kick it, it just puts it on a weird thing, you know. Uh, I honestly, I the reason I love this song so much because I never in a million fucking years would have made this song by myself. Yeah. Literally. And I don't think you would have made this song by no. yourself either. I don't know how, I think I don't we know really how to make some of the basses. <laughs> you sent me a pile of songs and I was like, okay, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, 
I think honestly, we should uh, just fucking yeah, we we got it. Finish it like as okay. Good, like, I think y'all need to get on a Zoom call and like have one of y'all on the controls and the other one putting in input at the same time instead of this like oh let me work on it for fucking five days or not at all for six months and yeah. then hopefully send you something and see if you like it. So here are the, uh, uh, what you said about never writing the song yourself. That's one of the positives I was going to bring up. Uh, uh, here are some negatives. Uh, if you're depending you're on about your collabs release, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not for this one. Uh, uh, if you have like some kind of release schedule or like you're, you're planning out your year or whatever, or it's supposed to go on an EP or whatever, all of the things that have drove me the most insane were related to collabs where like, you know, you sent it to someone, they were so excited to work on it. And now 14 months later, you had to put a different song on your EP or it's not ready in time for release. Like the logistics of collabs kind of drive me insane. Uh, the other thing is the way you combine Ableton projects. If you're only working on like one channel, super easy to drag them in and out. But if like you and your buddy now have like versions that are just diverging, combining them is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all. And also when you, when you start with a fucking, uh, SpaceX rocket of a template. Like, yeah. Like, like, oh, it took me like, like an hour to figure out what the hell was going on. I know. I was like, oh, that poor guy. Like, this template only makes sense to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally. I and I, we figured it out, though. I'm just not used to doing side, train tr side chain triggers like you did. Mm -hmm. So, like, anytime I, I don't remember how it works. I could be saying this wrong, but like, anytime I moved to kick, then I also had to move MIDI and I was like, Oh my fucking God, I can't do this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember how it worked, but there was something until I figured out with the kick and the side chain that was kind of driving me crazy. And um, kind of a little side note here. And then I want to get back to whatever the other questions were that we had for Ankh, but yeah. uh, they're making this doll called Soundation which allows you to do live collabs, which is sick as fuck. Like you can have multiple people in the, in the like online DAW, like working on the same thing. That's and cool. uh, it's like hooked up with splice. So like you got like all the splice samples to the right and you can just like drag shit in. It's a little primitive still, but like I got high hopes for it. Like it's Dude, how sick. Does that, how does that work with like, if you're at it, like if you're both working on the drop and like he was listening to it and you just put in, same way if you were like working on Microsoft Excel, like you just see multiple cursors with like people's names yeah, on it. Yeah, but like if like does it update in real time? Like yeah, everything real time. And so does it play through once for the both of you, or can you play through independently? You can play through independently. I'm pretty sure. I would just mess Google with my Google Docs of DAWs. I'd be like toggling off effects while they were trying to edit stuff just to piss them off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I get less touch. Oh. Uh, just like turn off the side chain while they're trying to like, <laughs> I don't know. Just, just move, move the synth they're working on like really out of phase. And, yeah. then, and they're like, God, it sounds like shit. <laughs> or just slowly keep nudging it over like the smallest thing. <laughs> yeah. You start turning up the track delay. Oh, no. so literally <laughs> never collab with any of us. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's already, uh, 
you know, per the meeting, we only got 10 minutes. I'll keep going. I don't, I don't know what you guys have. I mean, well, we've still got like three whole questions. And in our experience, three listener questions is an entire episode. So I think we should just have you back on number sure. three and uh, and just call this episode all about Unk's Collabs. <laughs> just, uh, do you want me to, I'm trying to think of like other collab experiences I've had. Uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I have, I just wrote, I think it's probably the best song I've ever written and I can't tell you who it's with yet. There's actually two people I was working with. That's going to be sick. We're looking for a home for it. That was a really fun collab. I had to make a concession on the vocals again. You know, I prefer one version. They prefer another version, whatever. Uh, but one of the people is a better producer than I am. And it was really cool to work with him because like some of the decisions were influenced by like maybe something he knew that I didn't know. And then a lot of it, uh, you know, I, I sent the original work in progress and then, you know, he did a bunch of work and I was like, Oh man, you made some of these things sound like super cool, but I'm going to rearrange all of it again. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, if there's a key change in the second drop. Good. I don't. I don't think it had vo. No, it had vocals, but like very sparingly. And now it's like sixteen bars in until the end, just like goes. It's so good, though. I think you'll all love it. Sam, looking. I have no idea what it is, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm. This is one of the songs I'm most excited for coming out. It's gonna be sweet. Hell yeah. yeah and, the, uh, sorry. Yeah. No, no the, go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, the vocals are from like another person. It's not just like samples. It's going to be cool. Ooh. Hell yeah. Wow. What's like, uh, like, ETA oh, for that? Uh, It's done. It just needs to be mastered. It's it's self-mastered, but we're going to get it mastered. Uh, I don't know. Whatever amount of time it takes. Uh you know, talking to labels or deciding where we want to put, it could be like the earliest it will be is February. The longest it will be is who knows. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I want to release it next year. Like I'll just be like, no, it's just, we're not going to like sit on it for three years. Yeah, for sure. Do you you feel like releasing with a label in today's ecosphere is worth the headache of the schedule getting fucked up? This is like I've started to think episode. not much. <laughs> uh, here is what I have like decided in my head. I don't know. Uh, besides the having to release on their time, which is kind of a huge pain in the ass. If you have like a ton of stuff or a ton of songs built up, ready to go, so you have stuff to release between them, I guess that's not the biggest deal. If you don't, that is one of the downsides. Uh, I'd say as of right now, and I'm not going to like name any names or anything, but in my opinion, I've been self-releasing almost all of my stuff. There's been, you know, some premieres with blogs or like, uh, uh, smaller labels and stuff, but I am not signing away my masters and my sync rights to anybody, unless I have decided ahead of time that that track is specifically for that. 
Because to me, the benefit of a label is essentially reach, eyes on your music. You know, maybe they put some money behind it, or marketing, whatever. But like a lot of that, I already do myself anyway. The main benefit for me is essentially wider audience. And like, if you do it strategically, I think there's benefit in it. And you just need to know what the deal is ahead of time. Uh, I think the most important thing to me, this is what I've been told about masters. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't think the label can promo and like try and pitch your song to anything that might make you money. If they don't own the masters, it could be totally wrong. That's what somebody told me, but the sync definitely matters. If you are not getting 50% of sync, if 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if you've blown up, if like a TV show or any company or any, anything wants to use your music and you don't own sync, it's just like, well, they're going to use it and you're not going to get anything. Yeah. Be very careful of which rights you give away. And, and like you're saying, be really cognizant of what benefits you're getting back from it because you know those those rights are how musicians eat off their catalog down the line yep i mean playing a live show today is cool and all but like if you like you said if you have a song that you know gets picked up by a tv show or a movie that can just keep making money for you especially if that tv shows in syndication and it's getting played on cable you know five days a week like that's that's huge money that you could just be completely missing out on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I prefer doing everything myself. Cause I, again, I just like having control of everything. The, the one thing I will never do, even if the label like gives me 10 grand is write music for them based on their creative input. It's just like, nah, dude, I'm writing my music. That's just the end of that conversation. Totally. Man, um, speaking of collabs that are already out, how was the process for the Scoops collab? Oh, <laughs> me and him are good friends. He's been to my house like I don't know five times. He drove three hours from Michigan every time, smoke, get gas station snacks, and just like work for two, three days. We've actually probably written five songs. Only one has been released. Uh, we just didn't think the other ones were good enough, so we didn't play them or play i don't we don't really play them out or release them but uh the the one that he released he's a halftime producer at his core right and he liked doing things like moving the snare super off grid and like these kind of like halftimey i call them like jagged rhythms if you do it right it sounds amazing it remind if you've seen silent hill you know the nurses and the way they walk they're like uh, uh, uh and they're like shaking some halftime reminds me of that kind of dancing. And finally he sent me, uh, he always sends me music. Uh, and he sent me, uh, he had played it in a stream and I think it was like 60, 70% done. And I was like, Oh, that was pretty cool. But when he sent it to me, I was like, dude, this is the one I got like the feeling in my brain. I'm inspired. I want to work on it. So he sent it. And I think I finished it in like a day. Uh, I like, he had like, he could have released that song as is as a song. I just, he and I both agree that I just don't think it would have been as good. Uh, it was, it was like good, but it didn't have like the final 20%. All I did was like, I kept all of his like theme. I think I like, you know, rearranged all the screams and yells and vocals and stuff. I added like a shitload of percussion. I changed the, 
kick groove a bunch. And then like, I left most of his melody, but I like changed how it worked together throughout the song. And then the third drop, all I do is take his sounds and write like a, or a second drop. I just like wrote a totally separate last drop. And then he heard it and was like, fuck dude. Like we got a, this is the song. This is it. And it was, it was sweet. It did, it did really well. It's not, it's one of the songs I have that is like very different sounding than all the rest of my music. But that's also because like Scoop sent the original project. It's just like a different kind of song. It's 172. It's super heavy, but like that song, I have a lot of trouble mixing into other stuff because I'm always finding myself trying to get from 160 to 174. And it's just like, I think that one's 172, but it's like a halftime song. That's very like, it's very like rolling. And then like a lot of drum and bass just like does not mesh with it. It's, I love the song. It's a great song. I think we're both really happy with it. Uh, there were plenty of like, you know, when I say arguments, I just mean like, no, we should do this. No, we should do that. There was a lot of that in that song, but it came out good. I think if, if you I, don't, I think <clears throat> if you don't have any of those conversations, like you guys are kind of doing yourself a disservice in the collab, unless you guys 100%. are like absolutely fucking meant to work together and you're on the same page all the time. If literally neither of you ever have a single thing that you're like, well, I actually think we should do it this way. Like you're, you're not going to end up with the thing that you probably could have that would be more different more interesting more a combination of the two of your guys's tastes yeah i think you need to have those conversations to have like a actually interesting final product right i have i literally have it's not like i wrote out i don't like copy paste this to people but i have like some bullet points that anytime i want to collab with somebody and we say like okay let's get started i'm like here is how i would like to do this there's other stuff that's not music related that really matters that you don't want to not discuss until after you're done. This happened with me and Scoops, even though we're good friends. This is not like, there's zero ill will here at all, but it was stuff like, you know, whose page do we put this on? Which labels do we want to send it to? Like all of the administrative kind of stuff, you know, uh, the, which distro kit or however you're releasing it. I, that's the kind of stuff where now when somebody's like, Hey, do you want to collab? I think I even, I, t- I talked to you about it yeah. a little bit. I don't want to go into details, but yeah. like, it's like, here is how I'd like to do this. Let me know if yours is similar or if this is cool. The thing that I'm trying to avoid is like, if you put 40 and out 40 hours in on a song and now the other person like wants something else, it's like, well, either this never gets released or you make a concession or you're both unhappy. And like, I don't, nobody wants that. It's, we're just writing music. It's like, let's fucking, let's just agree to what we want to do. And then we write the best thing we can and go. That's a very good point. And, and honestly, when you, when you sent that to me, I was like, I'm, I'm glad that he sent this to me. Cause I know we, we don't have to talk about any of this. Yeah. It's it's also stuff that I would like. Literally, I'm of the opinion, like, yeah, just fucking release it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, it, I, it it's it seemed like it seemed smart to me. It seemed it seemed like a like like an, a move that I would always appreciate. Yeah. Well, the like reason a I collaboration did it is, prenup, uh, essentially, or like just set of rules. No, or it's not a prenup. It's like a it's like a marriage agreement. It's like your vows to each other. Yeah. 
Because I mean, it's just trying to avoid things like, let's say, you know, you write uh, an amazing song, right? And now the other person is like, that's so amazing that like, I want it. And it's like, well, I already put in 40 hours and it's between, you know what I mean? Like, there's just all sorts of little stuff, but it's good to just at least talk about it ahead of time. It's not like, like if I would have sent it to Evan and Evan was like, all right, most of this is cool, but I don't like this. You just have the discussion. It's not like it's like, yeah. some like weird con there's no like contract that we sign it's just like a gentleman's agreement like hey let here's how we both like to do this let's do that and that way at the end there's no you know weird discussion about anything yeah good communication and and setting your ground rules and since you know what your ground rules are make sure that your collaborative partner knows what those ground rules are beforehand too yeah exactly and mo most people are just like yeah that's fine I, like i don't care at all like my Ravenscoon collab, that could have gone on his page and stuff, but I was like, can we please do it online? He was like, fine. Like a lot of times, larger artists puts it on, you know, their page, greater reach, whatever. Uh, there's going to be another Ravenscoon collab. The agreement I had with him was like, we put one on mine, one on yours. Everybody's happy. But yeah, you got to talk about stuff like that. Some people don't care. Some people are just like, dude, whatever. We're just writing a song. And just to clarify, that he's referencing SoundCloud. Yeah, uh, for yeah, for Spotify and stuff, it's all split. Uh, yeah. Obviously, for everything yeah. else, it just kind of is the same. But uh, for SoundCloud, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, SoundCloud is that one spot where you doesn't just link to somebody else's profile with a button. Mm -hmm. I hate What's having up, SoundCloud. I know you're all listening over in yeah. Germany. Yeah. Why? Just fix that real quick. Yeah. Someone's stuck with the cute little playlist that ends up getting five likes and one share and the track's yeah. got 5,000 plays. And then you're like, yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Man, how you feel about SoundCloud? Oh, dude. In general. Right. There's, you know, there's plenty of shit that's really annoying. Sometimes like my likes will disappear or reposts will disappear. So you've just really? lost that music forever. Uh, the stream or whatever it's called pretty shitty nowadays but depending who you follow it can be not too bad and i think it just takes longer to find new music but okay i will say this i barely use spotify i like like my wrapped like mostly had either my music or some like new school breaks from the 90s uh but all of my best finds have always been on soundcloud that like are just like completely random person I have no idea about. That's also how I met this dude. I'm going to release like between one and four songs with him. We've already written like two and a half, uh, has like a hundred followers. Uh, isn't, wasn't even trying to like, you know, do music. He just like makes music for fun or whatever. And his songs aren't like full songs. They just have like really good nuggets or like really good ideas in certain parts. But like, mixes fucking terrible and then like arrangement not quite there but i was like you know i i call him on the phone i was like yo can we talk real quick and i was like dude i want to release some shit with you i don't know who you are i don't even know if you're trying to release music and i was like this is what i will like uh you know offer in exchange i was like i want you to send me these couple songs because i want to finish them and he, he totally understands. He's like, yeah, these aren't done and they're not that good. And he likes my music. And he's like, yeah, dude, if you like, you know, 
let me watch or show you or like show me what I'm doing wrong or help me with mixing or whatever. And he just sends me shit all the time now. And if I hear something I like, it's like, all right, cool. Let's work on that one. And it's not like I'm just doing the whole thing. Like, you know, he'll, he'll sit and watch me on zoom and then we'll be writing stuff and he'll be like, Hey, you know, try this, try that. It's just like kind of hard to, it's a little bit difficult on zoom, but like the one song that we finished so far is really good. And he's like super excited now to be like doing music. He's still in school or whatever, but you know, he, he really appreciates it. But I, I told him like a million times, like, yo, if you feel at all, like this is somehow not as beneficial to you, literally just tell me to stop. I have no problem. And we're friends now. We play call of duty and shoot kids in the face a couple times a week. It's great. Amazing. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember when you showed me this kid, uh, yeah. don't, don't, don't say any names yet. If you remember, I don't even, I was, just about, to, I was just about to ask if that was still on the hush. Remember. I, I want to kind of, I want to make it a surprise. Like when it just comes out and then everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? It'll like really help him. That will be my reaction too, because I don't yeah. remember what his name was. <laughs> I remember thinking he was like a spirit host that was like six months into producing, like crazy mm-hmm. prolific, yeah. like really good ideas. But yeah. unlike spirit host, he didn't. Do you know spirit host? Yeah, oh, you should. I thought, you I thought should. you were just saying like a phrase. I don't know. Oh, no, no, spirit host. We he's uh he's on an episode go go roll back a few episodes yeah dude okay so basically he dropped a 26 24 26 song album just because go fuck yourself and he writes so much music yeah i was talking to him today they're all fucking good dude you will actually like all 26 okay dude he's got he's really unique style I was talking to him today and I was like, Hey man, you done school. He's like, no, I got like one semester left with like, you know, just taking one class. I'm gonna write three albums. I think and I was just like, this dude's like on that level. Like he just got his sound so dialed in and writes such quality music. I think you guys should start talking. I'll, I'll make that happen. Yeah. He was on episode 26. That's uh, 10 episodes ago. Okay. Yeah. I try and keep up with the podcast, but like I miss some dude. I don't, it is what oh, it is. this is, I could do another 10 of these episodes. I know nobody even wants to listen to me talk, but just run it back. Yeah. Thursday. I'm not I'm sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. There's just like, okay. Something I run into a lot. A, somebody told me something the other day that blew my mind and it's so obvious, but I didn't think of it in order to be successful on social media, AKA like grow, you need to be social on social media, which means, you know, talking to other people, interacting with them, commenting, messaging. I like do that some, like I'm really like picky in what I like and I'm, I'll just scroll and skip like 30 things. Uh, if you spend 15 minutes a day, what it doesn't matter when it is actively trying to like talk to people, you'll have such a better time. I wasn't doing that for the longest time. I am, I think the most active on Twitter, like daily, but like Facebook, dude, my personal account, I don't think I've posted for like a year. And I see all these other people talking all day, every day. And I'm just like, dude, how, where, how do you do this? Like, I need and work my job and (laughs) other shit. And I'm like, how is this possible? How do you even want to talk to all these people? I don't. And I've been trying to like, 
be, I'm not talking about like posting content, like funny content or, you know, stupid tweets or whatever. That's just like you doing your artist posting stuff. I'm talking about like commenting on people's stuff to show them you care and not disingenuously, like just be genuine about it. But yeah, like I would see something and hit like or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, hooray, I liked it. You know, maybe they'll appreciate that. They'll appreciate it way more if you talk to them. <laughs> and like, it seems so simple, but like, it's, it's a very different thing. Um, I do. Trust me, coming from a fellow lurker, I think I'm probably more of a lurker than yeah, you are. Oh, for sure. I fully understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and to keep to put a bow on it, I mean, isn't that like the collab of social media where you're actually going back and forth with people like that? Yeah, you know, and no, like just, you said, it, it yeah. No, it's just like uh, I, I, there's no like even particular person I'm thinking of, but like you know, I've I've talked to them before, maybe in a DM or something. Uh, I've, I've commented on their stuff before and liked and reposted whatever. So it's not like it's some random person who I've never talked to. I just try and consciously now for 15 minutes a day, make sure that I'm like doing that because, you know, okay. I, this is related and unrelated. Maybe you guys have an answer for me. I posted this little clip today of a dude holding up a duck and there's a bongo and the duck is like running on the bongo of that video. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's like uh drum and bass. And there's like this sick almond break on top. And I was like, uh, this is how you make drum breaks. Everyone loves it. There's like a million or not a million, but there's a, <laughs> more likes than usual, bunch of reposts, a couple comments. But here's my question for you. This is what I'm trying to figure out. How do you get all of those people to engage with that, to follow you because they love it. I don't, I don't want to write in the comment, like, you know, follow for more, whatever. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. This is a topic for another time, but like how, like lots of people like my content, how do you get them to follow you without asking them directly? I mean, I think it's like, if you work at a car dealership, you get all these people that come in, you know, and then, you know, all those people are going around looking at other cars at other places, aka other artists, listening to other music. Maybe they're not even into your music. Maybe they're not into it yet or just like all together and like they might revisit that. But like, you know, talking to friends who like work those kind of sales jobs, it's like, all right, you have this huge pool of candidates, you narrow it down similar sort of funnel structure like you'd have in any sort of like sales system and it's like you call those people every day like friends i know that work those jobs are like yeah sometimes you got to call people 17 times and then they come in and they drop like 70k and like to me it's baffling because i'm like dude if someone called me 17 times i will lose my shit and these people like come in and and still buy it so it's like you know i think that's sort of the point is like, it's not going to convert a hundred percent. It's always a small percentage of that. And it's like, I mean, 10% is like really healthy numbers, but you know, if you get a hundred K sort of uh, like whatever likes shares, Mm -hmm. shares, I would say are more valuable than likes, but like, you know, maybe a hundred of those people will check it out. And then that funnels down to like 
10 people following you, yeah. you know, and maybe the numbers are more if, if it's a dank ass meme, but you know, I think that's, that's sort of the point is like, uh, there's a lot of musicians I liked for their personality first, and that got me interested in them in the long term to consume enough of their music to get into it. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you said, like having that constant engagement is like, or, or let's say conversely, not doing that is like going to the party and twiddling your fingers. Like a lot of yeah. people might be like, oh, this, this dude's kind of weird, or, you know, this chick. I don't know yeah. but like there might be those handful of people that are still like oh this this person's quiet let me see what they're up to oh okay I really like this person but your your conversion rates or whatever your social clout points are going to be higher if you're just like building it up slowly yeah what I've found is if somebody actually listens to my music the conversion rate is pretty insane the, the like they're either like obsessed with it or they're just like you know not my thing but it's it's pretty high i'm just trying to figure out like instagram is honestly i think my best uh i get the most engagement there because like so much of how i think is visual so it's really easy for mm -hmm. me to do instagram with twitter i'm just like thinking of stuff all the time putting notes in my phone <laughs> yeah well, uh what about take that like duck video and put that like hard ass DNB fucking drop that you guys had and just be like, show me your idea. This. Yeah. You know, I think like getting like a little cute animal in there, get some, you need that like hook, you know, I would yeah. see a lot of like house producers. Um, I mean, even still, but more so there was definitely like a period where I would see like, like those dancing videos like there's that classic one of like people in church like breaking it down there's that oh, yeah. one kid that like does the front flip off the electric box and like starts shuffling like everybody was syncing their music up to that and it's like you know for some people they haven't seen that a gazillion times their timeline isn't as saturated with it and that's yeah. enough to get them to click and be like oh shit wait what, what is this yeah yeah, yeah, and as far as your your question, like on the back end, like okay, you put out the sweet content, a bunch of people that you don't even know liked slash commented slash reposted because it ended up somewhere else. And what do you do with that? I mean, it could be something as simple as just like replying to their comment, liking oh, no. and commenting yeah. on their reposts, saying thank you you know, sending a DM, like those little things, you just like go through your, go through your notifications and hit them back. Because then a lot of people, like if you're popping on social media, you know, it can be like, ah, oh, damn, all these people fucking hit me up. But for most people, they're like, oh my God, that person who did that thing hit me back. That's crazy. And all of a sudden they're a fan for life because you made that real connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, especially, especially with comments or if they like repost it and say something funny. I'm totally doing that. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure, I'm trying to min max my yeah. ratio of people who follow, you know, I'm just trying to like, not in a weird way, just like, yo, I know you like the stuff. Like, I don't want to ask you to follow me, but I, there's nothing other than like a like, it's like, how do I talk to you? I'm not going to DM you and be like, yo, follow me, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And anybody who comments, I have I have like friends now who are fans of mine uh, that I literally just know on Twitter. I've never met them in real life, but like they always have good shit. I have good shit. We talk to each other all the time. 
like I'll see somebody post like some something kind of depressing, send them a message, not because I want them to follow me. I'm just literally like, yo, that sucks. I've I've been going through that the last little while too, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm so I guess I'm trying to say like for the for the people who are just total randoms where it's just like you know it's scrolled through their feed and they hit like usually I'll go look at their profile do you listen to electronic music okay you do the the only answer I've come up with is like keep putting out dope content and if they keep seeing your name pop up that's when they follow you mm-hmm. yeah that's the truth yeah <laughs> yeah man. man and just remembering that you know it's just for everybody out there remember that nobody owes you anything on social i know everybody right here understands that just remember for anybody who might be listening and feeling salty that well they didn't follow me back or whatever like nobody owes you shit bro it's just social media chill out yeah for real all right so go ahead no i was just gonna say um briefly like there's a a uh, video I watched uh, a bit ago on Lil Nas X who blew up obviously with Old Town Road and just showing how he sort of finessed that song to being number one on the charts. And obviously that's sort of like, you know, a come and go song, but it was at the top of the charts at one point and like seeing the way he sort of built the community around like taking what was trendy for like over the course of months, whatever memes would pop up, he'd like do his own little thing and like edit a little cowboy hat on top, like, you know, I think like, you know, and I'm not saying do this or don't do this or whatever, but like you got your little mask, like literally, you know, take little trendy stuff, make it uncified, like yeah. put your little mask over the face and stuff. And and little stuff like that really builds the community as well. I'm so thankful for Kelly. Uh, shout out uh, Kelly VJ. Kelly the VJ, man. Kelly yeah, Finn. Actually, it's Kelly VJ, yeah. She helps here. I'm not like... On a computer, I'm like pretty good at a lot of stuff. But like, man, if I open Photoshop, I'm just like, I, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. She helps me like a whole other dog. I'll send her a message at like 3 a.m. because I see it green on Facebook, and I'm like, can you put my helmet like right here? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at Art of Kelly Finn on Instagram. Yeah, there we go. At Art of Kelly Finn. She's my DJ. She does all my visual shit. It's fucking dope. Yeah, her stuff's real cool. Uh, last, last, like, little thing. I feel like giving some advice because this blew my mind the other day. And we can call it. Started seeing this new girl. Uh, she was over at my house, and I was like, all right, I'm fucking showing you all the unreleased just because I wanted to. Half of them were, like, songs I had abandoned or didn't want to work on or thought were trash. She loved every single goddamn song and she wasn't just trying to like be nice. She likes like good electronic music. So even if you think it's shit, show it to some people. They might think it's awesome. Fucking release it. You don't have to like be so critical of your own, you know, music. Amen. Totally. I, I think we should leave it there, man. We've been on a long ass podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much for being back, Unc. We're going to get you on a third time because we still got more questions. And until then, everybody, peace among worlds. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay, next time. (laughs) See you guys. I like it. Yo, thanks so much for listening, humans. Unk, that was awesome. We appreciate you, big bro. Make sure to go follow him on his socials. And for real, 
Shouts to our sponsors. They're awesome. I use all these products myself. So go check out Producer Dojo, where you can remix your life today. Make sure you go to Gangaroo Music Distribution, G-V-N-G-A-R-O-O Music Distribution, to get unlimited distro for under $10. And go check out Seth Drake's The Approach, the way to learn to mix like the masters. All right? All the links are down below. And I'm Luke Rain, signing out. Peace and peace among worlds.